Welcome to the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically within Southeast Asia. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Planners Southeast Asian Podcast. Gwen here, and today we have a licensed financial planner as well as the director of Wealth Vantage Advisory, Mr. Idham Edris. Thank you so much for being on the show, Idham. Thank you for having me. Right, and I'm very keen to uh, chat with you today with regards to um, financial advice in Malaysia, uh, and per- in particular your uh, your financial planning advice uh, business, which is the Wealth Vantage Advisory. But before we start on that, I just wanted um, our listeners to get to know you more. So, how long have you been in the financial advice industry? Uh, okay. Uh, so first of all, thank you for having me uh, mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah. I started out way back in 2003 as a unit trust consultant. So basically uh, selling uh, unit trust products, uh, mutual funds, I think it's more popularly known, and progressed towards uh, life insurance and uh, after that, going into estate planning. So that was in a span of over roughly about 12 years mm. where I went through that journey. Oh, amazing. So financial advice was something relatively recent Yeah, where I had a greater awareness in terms of what how the client base was actually changing here in Malaysia. So they got more sophisticated. They are uh, they want more in terms of what the intermediaries can provide, and they don't want people coming up to them and just try to sell products. Mm-hmm, yeah. So that was the turning point for me to make that change to financial advisory, which is somewhere around twenty thirteen, where you know I first got that realization. So from then onwards, I had to take the necessary certifications and uh, the licensing process to get the necessary licenses to practice. Mm -hmm. And I've been a a fully licensed financial planner since 2018. So only about three years. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know that it takes a long time for you guys to get the certification in Malaysia because you have to take, I think, yeah, it takes a long time for you to get certified. But I'm actually curious. So I I, I did a, a little bit of research um, and I learned that you were um, a graduate in information systems engineering. So how did someone from like um, a tech field jump to a financial advice uh, field of career? Oh, very good question. IT and technology is actually a deep passion of mine. Mm. I really enjoy, I mean, technology. Yeah, 
Um, so in fact, uh, in hindsight, it was actually a blessing in disguise because now with fintech and with all the new technologies coming into finance, I have a greater appreciation and understanding in terms of what it what uh, what are the challenges and the uh, uh, things that are required and perhaps even an insight into how technology can help in uh, personal financial management. Yes, definitely. So um, I was a scholarship uh, graduate, which means that I received scholarship from a company to continue my further my studies in uh, IT. And uh, after a few years uh, bonded with the company, I decided to leave to switch over to financial more for the reason because I think at that time I, was, I wasn't happy with the corporate life. So it was nothing to do with the actual uh, industry of, or the type of work that I was doing, but I, I didn't feel that corporate life is uh, fulfilling for me. So which, I, which is why I made that jump into entrepreneurship. At that time, that is what, uh, what I had in mind. Uh, what I was doing was actually going into entrepreneurship. And the field was chosen only because I felt that I could make money. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, but in, in fact, I found out that there's a huge need for it. Yeah. And um, I grew to appreciate it. And I felt that I could contribute a lot in the field. So, you know, which is why I stuck with it for the past it's 18 years already. Yeah, yeah. And 18 years is such a long time um, if you're just in it for um, for the career change, right? So I'm sure that you really found something um, that you are passionate about to stay for uh, um, 18 years in the industry. And I guess why I asked is because I also came from... Um, uh, technology. I, I graduated um, information technology as well, and mm-hmm. here I am in the financial uh, advice industry too. And, and I <laughs> guess yes, and because we know, like a lot of us have different stories on how we started, and it's very interesting that you started that way, that you just wanted to change careers, and yet you you stayed. So, what made you? What was the driving force that? Um, made you stay and you just woke up and 18 years later, you're still in this industry? I think in the initial five years, it was something new, very exciting. I was uh, learning a lot of new things. You know, I always had a uh, interest in business and entrepreneurship and I didn't know anything about that before. Uh, so coming into uh, becoming a tight agent with a, a financial services company, uh, gave me that platform to understand and at least, you know, experience what it what it was like doing marketing, doing sales, and and prospecting, and you know, building up your your client book and all that. So it was a it was a very interesting experience. Uh, I think around closer to the tenth year, I was more like there must be a better way of doing this. Yeah, I always had that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like thinking, what are the things that I can do differently that can add more value to my potential clients? 
and that's when I found out that there is this track to do to go into financial planning and financial advisory, which at the time in Malaysia is still, uh, I would say, very under undeveloped. Uh, currently, even the practicing licensed financial planners is less than 1,000 people for the whole uh, country mm. compared to career-tight agents numbering in the tens of thousands. Mm, yeah. So I felt like um, that I, I'm in a position and I have the, the experience and the understanding to sort of carve out a new area uh, in in Malaysia, in financial planning and financial advisory, I, I always um, try to compare it to you know the blue blue ocean strategy, oh, yeah. where a lot yeah a lot of uh, uh, people or financial services agents or, or or intermediaries they're in the red ocean, and definitely what I'm doing now is very very blue ocean. It's just that a lot of the existing agents they they don't dare to make that jump or they are scared to make that jump or they 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 don't feel like they they have the the capacity uh to 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 make that change so i felt fortunate enough that i could do that and you know this is where i feel like i can grow uh further in the industry Oh, wonderful. And yes, I definitely agree. Um, and for those of you uh, who are not familiar with the Blue Ocean Strategy, it's actually, um, it's a book. Um, it's a strategy that was um, introduced by the book of the same name. And it's from uh, Rene, I'm sure I'm going to butcher his name, but Rene Moburn and Chan Kim W Chan Kim so it's a it's a highly request a uh, highly suggested read it's a it's a wonderful book so and and i'm very um it was very interesting to learn that you have um applied the blue ocean strategy but aside from that since you're now a financial planner do you happen to have an ideal client now that you've um, been 18 years in the industry? It's, um, it's different, I can say, when, when you're looking at it through the lens of a financial planner and financial advisor. I think when I started out earlier in my career, it was always talking about, or at least the, the conversation was always about the rich clients. Mm, you know? Yeah. We were always looking at oh, who, which client can contribute in terms of uh, uh, buying the biggest premiums or investing the most money, uh, etc. As a financial planner and financial advisor, that almost becomes like a secondary thought. The first most important, uh, I would say, client profile or characteristic is they are willing to work with you and they work with you as partners in trying to solve their financial concerns. So that is always the number one consideration when I'm looking at it as a lens of financial planner and financial advisor. Because in order for them to achieve what they want or how I can help them to achieve what they want, there must be this mutual respect, understanding as, as, as partners in terms of how we can work together to achieve the same goal. And how and how we go about that is through through whatever uh, either product implementations, advice, 
changes that they have to make within their own, uh, how they manage their own financial, all of that has to be taken into account. So more holistic and more comprehensive view. So I do become more selective, but I become happy. <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah. I, I'm glad that you pointed that out because um, I noticed that when someone is new in the financial planning um sector uh, in the financial advice industry, uh, I do notice that some financial planners tend to um, take uh, clients uh, regardless of uh, thinking about, you know, without thinking about if they would work well together. Um, And I guess I understand because they're still new in the industry and they would like to um, acquire as as many clients as they possibly can to to keep their business afloat, but you know sometimes, uh, and I I I think you would agree that sometimes your 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 plans with your clients don't go, they don't get followed through because you and the client didn't have a mutual understanding. Or as you mentioned, there's no respect um, for for each or each other sides, and I think that's an important. And I'm happy that you mentioned that you're you are selective, but you're happier because of that. So the the mutual understanding, I think, is very important mm-hmm. uh, because when working together. We just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. The, my, mm-hmm. my focus in terms of where Wealth Vantage, uh, you know, my firm, mm-hmm. our, our vision statement is making sure that uh, we do the right things. Yeah. So, so in doing in doing so, we do need that partnership arrangement. We do need that uh, sort of like conversation. So it's not like a position where we are taking a higher position than the client or the client takes a higher position than us. So it's not that kind of sort of like a master-servant relationship. It's very, very much a partnership arrangement. So for those financial planners that I see where they're growing their business, they are doing well in terms of the advisory they they can bring in the uh, the assets under advisory they can they can have all the products it's because of the this the partnership arrangement is working well so that that uh, to me that is that is number 1 that is the number one consideration that's so true and you also mentioned that you were getting into your your firm now wealth advantage um advisory so you're you are directing your firm, but at the same time, you're still um, taking in clients as a financial planner, right? Right, that's right. All right. So my first question, I guess, is how do you manage your time between um, being a financial planner as well as um, being a director of a company? Because I, I do. Uh, checked out your your website and you do have a fair number of financial planners so you're you are a big team right yes that's right so we started out uh with only four people Mm. and uh with the three directors uh myself uh and uh, my two other partners and one employee (laughs) that's how we started the company (laughs) Uh, and 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 from then on, we uh, 
we had to put in all the pieces together in terms of building up the corporate structure, the 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 framework in terms of how to do the advisory process, the way that we run things where we have like a back office team and a para planning team, and we have uh the the operations department, you know, tr- building that up, and at the same time us going out and and meeting clients, yeah, and as well as hiring people to to become the organization, the employees of the organization, because our financial advisors are not our employees. You know, they are licensed with us, they, uh, but they work based on um, uh, revenue sharing basis with us. So they're technically our business partners. Yeah. But then the firm itself has to be managed in a, co- in, a co- in a proper corporate structure. So we had to bring in all those pieces together. You know, at this point in time, I think we have around 20 one employees mm, and then yeah. about uh, 33 advisors currently so it has grown and and we look forward to growing further uh but it has been a quite a challenge like you mentioned running the company and and uh going out and meeting clients as well if you want to ask like how do we manage it you know it, it's a it's a very delicate tightrope i would say <laughs> Yeah, we're just like uh, you know, we can. There, of course, there. I mean, I, I cannot say that we. Uh, sometimes we never drop the ball. Of course, of course, we do. Uh, given the, given the uh, the way it is, but you know, I think it's a sacrifice early on. All start. We 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 view ourselves like a tech startup. You know, I think you're you're very familiar, where uh, even the founders, then you know, they have to go out. They have to to uh, make deals and 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 go out do marketing whatever that it takes yeah. mm. so i think we are already starting to get those results that we wanted early on when we started the company now it's just a matter of growing it further and and making it more sustainable and you know getting the message out because like i mentioned, like i said just now financial planning and advisory is very very new in yeah. malaysia yeah. and and we want to 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 make our mark and you know make a difference in terms of how uh customers or clients view the 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 service of financial planning yeah that's true because um and i talked to this um with fellow uh with your fellow um malaysian financial advisors that there is still a bit of prejudice in terms of I don't know if prejudice is the right term, but I guess like people are still thinking or some Malaysians still think that financial planning and financial advice is only for rich people. And that, yeah, and then middle class don't need it because they can just manage their money on on their own. So like, what do you think about that? And how, how do you usually address it if it comes up? I wouldn't say it's wrong. Hmm. Uh, but I think it depends on the financial advisor themselves. In our case, we try to make it affordable uh, and, and we try to make it very structured and very process-based. In fact, I think at one point, if somebody came, I think we had one of the uh, people coming in to to look at how we do things and he, they commented that we we almost look like a, a manufacturing uh, flaw, mm. you know, 
where 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 we design things so things move from one step to another step to another step because we have all these different parts moving and have like different support pillars in to make sure that the financial plan comes out the way it's supposed to come out so it's i know that there are some firms where they everything is depend on that advisor to do a to z you know they had to come up with the plan they had to uh, uh figure things out whereas we have tried to give um how to say support where the work cuts down on the advisor side and they can actually go out and see more people yeah so so in in but and so in doing so they're able to service more uh, uh i would say a more wide range of of clients but at the same time if they still want to choose to see just the high net worth or or the private clients you know they're they're welcome to do so they're free to yeah. do so there's there's nothing wrong with that yeah. it's just that we 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 do offer a lot of support from the company side from the firm side for them to really push themselves and go to the next and break through to the next level yeah that's wonderful because um there's a lot of paperwork right and and a financial planner instead of they would want their time to be spent you know t- uh, speaking with clients and helping them out making their financial lives better but because of paperwork it that might get you know they might get stuck in paperwork they may see less people so it, it's good to know that you um your firm is there to support them and that's what they can expect from you that's what financial planners can expect from you but i guess my next question would be what would you require from your financial planners um what do you think is a great fit for wealth vantage advisory that's a very good question i mean we're trying to solve uh, partly solve that problem right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main reason being is that because the industry has, has grown the way that it it has in the past, uh, I would say, forty years. <laughs> when we're talking about insurance agents and unit trust agents, so there's a very very strong and entrenched way of doing things in terms of selling. Yes, you know, yes. selling products, hard selling, yeah, hard selling, product pushing. You know, yes. that's the that's the term. So, so to get this transition first into what we call need based or consultative kind of uh, conversation with client is actually a huge undertaking here currently. But the problem is financial planning and advisory is beyond that. So yeah. you actually have to make that move from the traditional hard selling product pushing into something that is more consultative, where you talk about the you actually talk about the client's needs. Yeah. You know, hard selling doesn't do that. You just like, okay, I have this product, it's the best product in the world, please buy it. You know? Whereas if you go to consultative, you actually have a deeper conversation in terms of trying to find out what the client needs, what kind of products would, would fit or would match and you try to to do so within that capacity, the small selection that you might have because you are a tight agent. Whereas if you move to financial planning advisory, it busts the whole thing wide open because you suddenly have more products, you have more types of services that you can provide and then there's that fee-based advice advisory part that you can also charge to clients because for our traditional uh, agents here in Malaysia, they cannot charge any fees. 
So mm-hmm. once you start to move into financial planning, financial advisory, then you can yeah. start to charge fees where you don't actually need to depend on commissions from products, uh, product pushing or product selling. So it has been a very uh, challenging journey for us to find this kind of, of, of advisors who are actually looking to transition towards uh, financial planning and advisory because they have been so, uh, how to say, deep within that culture and ecosystem, I would say, that to them that they don't see any other way of doing the business. And that's why I feel like we sort of like try to need to stand out and and shout out saying that, hey, you know, this. There's a better way and a different way of doing it. Maybe you'd like to check us out and see how we can actually help you grow your business in a more sustainable and profitable way. Yes, that's true because um, there are a, a lot of people now do find the value of insurance, but the financial advice or financial planning industry is still relatively new as you mentioned earlier as well so there's still a lot of things that you can do and a lot of there's a lot of potential in in the industry right um and and so it's just a matter of finding the right people but in terms of the business as well so you grew from just having one employee to now you have 21 employees and you also have um 30 plus and counting financial planners. But how did you manage to to reach that growth? Um, because I know that you mentioned you started out with just the three of you um, going out there and at the same time building, trying to to building the, the firm. But now that you've grown, like how are you able to manage that that growth that your your firm has? I think what what we did right in well actually I, I'm not sure whether you want to say whether we did it right but maybe we got lucky <laughs> <laughs> because initially we had uh, when we came in we sort of already know a group of people that wanted to make this change mm-hmm. wanted to make this jump so I, it was around if I'm not mistaken uh, around 15 odd uh, advisors mm-hmm. So when these 15 advisors came on board, 15 agents actually, 15 mm, agents yeah. came on board, they they brought in some of their previous uh, business as well. Mm. So we were actually able to you know, leverage on that in terms of uh, getting the revenue quickly, mm. yeah? building up that, that revenue stream quickly for the for the company. Uh, but it was still um it was still a journey, it was still a process. And you know, of course, we didn't hire the right people. I mean, I don't think any company hires uh, the right people that they want uh, in, in the first, away. say, yeah. one or two years. So, so you know, th- we had to go through that process, you know, of hiring and letting go of people that we feel didn't fit in. But we did that in a very, I would say, I wouldn't say fast, but we we had a very clear direction in terms of where we wanted to go in terms of the company side and as well as the the business side, you know? So the company in terms of what is the structure that we need to put in place? We know that we need to have the operations department, the back office planning and solutions department, the customer service team, the training department, all that we had to build from scratch. Yeah. So so uh, supported by these advisors who are able to uh, bring their business and at least give us that, 
runway in terms of uh, the capital needed to 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 uh, slowly uh, well I wouldn't say slowly but at least we are reinvesting all that what we receive back into the business so it took us so we started around 20 uh, early 2018 mm-hmm. so yeah. 18 19 20 so this would be our fourth year yeah so that that that's why it's very impressive so in just 4 years you had um you've grown to be like 50 plus people um bigger than you actually started with just four and i think it's good that you think that you're just lucky but i feel like it's more than just luck <laughs> no i mean the, the thing is we we always uh you know when we've had like regulators uh, discussions with regulators and they would uh ask us you know why are you doing it this way or that way and we say to be honest we don't have any uh i would say template of how to do it you know mm, what yeah. we are referring to most of the time is looking at how other countries are doing it so one of our biggest i would say reference model was australia Yes, yeah. we, we tried to look at what Australia was doing, and and I and we were trying to look at you know how they structure their company and mm-hmm. what kind of uh, uh, business structure they're offering to their advisors, the way that they structure the revenue share, all those things. You know, we were always referring to 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 examples or models that is outside of Malaysia because in Malaysia there was nothing at what we think that we wanted to be there was nothing like that yeah yeah so so a lot of it was like just okay let's let's copy that part and see see if it works here in malaysia (laughs) that's good that's good and and actually that came from i think one of uh uh, i remember i attended one of this uh fun launches uh way back i think in 2011 or 2012 and the ceo of the asset management company at the time was saying that he said I remember the quote very clearly he said it's actually very easy to do business in Malaysia as he said Mm -hmm. because all you need to do is just look at what works overseas and you just bring it over to Malaysia just Mm -hmm. copy you know so in a way we're trying to see whether you know uh, does the financial advisory or planning model that is that exists now in Australia US UK or uh, Singapore, for example, can we bring parts of it or elements of it into Malaysia and make it a Malaysian financial planning uh, model? Yeah, and that's really that's I think that's very smart because you're already there are already people that already have put in the work with you know setting up that that business model and all you have to do is just of course copy what works for them um, and then tweak it to your own liking to make sure that it fits well with not only uh, you as as your business but with Malaysian people as well so that's really nice and you've copied Australian as well and um, yes I do agree Australia has like one of the most comprehensive like financial uh, advice industry in the world it's really cool because you mentioned para planners, and I know that here in the Philippines we don't have para planners yet. So mm. that was very interesting that I heard uh, that from you. And you know, modeling it from an Australian system for financial advice, like what do you think would 
you change if in case you you went back to time and and started your company all over again what would you have liked to not do in the first place right so i think oh that's a very good question my feeling is that we should have uh, focused more on the financial planning and advisory aspect very early on so in fact, we waited about a whole year before we actually got really into financial planning and advisory mm-hmm. and setting up that framework and structure, etc. And I really feel that we should have done it a much, much earlier because it does give us more time in terms of uh, inculcating the, the right way of doing things to our advisors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or else they would still be try- in that mode of trying to slowly change when we actually mm-hmm. came came out with that with that process flow so so i felt like if we had started earlier then that change would be faster and new people coming in didn't have to sit between uh because we we did that consultative need based mm-hmm. uh advisory in our first year mm-hmm. yeah? Uh, yeah where before we start to move towards uh full financial planning uh, and that that whole framework that I mentioned that yeah. uh, that uh, we rolled rolled out to to our team, mm-hmm. I wish that we had done that much much earlier. So so uh, so there was I would say less confusion because there we had some people coming in from uh from other companies uh where they were career agents and they wanted to just transition to whatever that they were doing there to. Mm-hmm. Doing the same thing, but in a, but in, a different company. The, yeah, in the yeah. in a different company. So, mm. uh, I don't think that was the right approach. Yeah. So yeah. so we so we had one or two cases, or uh, at least not one or two cases, a few, a few people that is uh, no longer with with the firm because it wasn't the direction that they were looking at uh, in the first place. So in fact, they were just looking at can I sell more products and and serve uh, and use uh, leverage on the platform in that manner, becoming mm-hmm. a multi-product provider. You know, but, but we did we didn't want to do that. We that's not that's not what we we wanted to to go in that 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 direction was wasn't what we wanted to go in. So uh, I wish that 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 part we had done much, much earlier. Oh, that's wonderful. But I'm glad that, that just uh, you came to realize that in just a year some other companies take much more time um, in order to like I know that even if they have pinpointed like pain points in their company it takes longer for them to to pivot so it's it's good to know that you were able to change direction um, and then you know make sure that you, your goal was clear uh, clear all throughout your staff and so now like aside from financial planning uh, what are uh, some other like type of services are, are you offering? Uh, do you offer any other types of services aside from financial planning in your firm? Well, you know, traditionally, financial advisory and financial planning firms, once they try, once they go into a more, I would say, uh, on the wealthier client side, they tend to move towards family office. Mm-hmm. You know? Or maybe from the start, they would just be a family office outfit. So what we're trying to look at is how can we serve actually corporates and 
and small medium enterprises better. So this is where where we feel like we have an uh sort of an edge because we do have advisors in our firm that have uh, uh management consulting experience and business advisory experience. So so we're trying to look into ways into how we can actually serve the uh smaller companies. I wouldn't say small as in really small, but the smaller medium enterprises that might get overlooked by the bigger uh bigger management or uh, consulting firms mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of how they want to manage their uh financial the corporate financials so this is something that we're actually looking into family office we do have actually have a lot of queries from from uh families that that are looking into succession planning so we are we are looking at some of that but to be frank these are new areas of growth for us, but the core financial planning service that we provide is a huge opportunity here in Malaysia because of that blue ocean segment, uh, blue ocean strategy that I mentioned earlier. Whereas when you look, when you go or when you start to go into family office and and you know corporate advisory, business advisory, uh, you're already competing with some people that is already in that space for quite some time yeah so so you know uh we're trying to serve the different needs of our target market Uh, we're trying to serve their needs uh but at the same time you know we we just can't we just need to make sure that we have our eye on the eye on the ball (laughs) yes yes definitely um but that's good that um because it's it's always good to serve the the people that need your service um and you have to like mold your your company or your business strategy towards that and so yeah like i guess my question now is um before we do end the show it him is what would you advise financial advisors who would like to start um, a financial advice firm? What do you think would be like a good thing for them to start thinking about? I think uh, for a lot of people, when they try to open or build up their own company, they might feel like they want to have their own brand or identity and I think here in Southeast Asia is very, very much personality-based where mm. uh, there is like a figurehead, you know? Mm. Uh, uh, so sometimes you might get lost in that, whereas mm. you need to make sure that you do have the proper structure in place. You need to have the proper team in place, you know? It's yeah. not a one-man show. You cannot do it on your own. Definitely, you need to bring in the right people that can fill in those necessary positions in the corporate structure so that you can build up from there. We, I always feel like we were very fortunate because, you know, uh, my, uh, we had three people, uh, three partners. So uh, myself and one, my, one of my other partners, we are the ones who are, uh, we grew in the financial services industry. So we're very, uh, we know very well in terms of the whole landscape, in terms of the the business, uh, the the products, the way the business has been run. But yeah. my other partner was very much a corporate uh, guy, yeah. so he was able to uh, provide the contacts in terms uh, of how to build a company, how to build an organization, and 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 putting the proper processes, the 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 necessary. Uh, 
people that we need in order for us to 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 grow you know so i so we're very much a corporate structure because if you look at a lot of financial firms in malaysia they're more like an agency <laughs> yeah you know? yeah so so they have like recruits and downlines and you know that different tier structure yeah. we don't have any of that we're 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 very we're very corporate corporate based uh, uh financial advisory firm so a lot of people that's the first thing that they say when they come to us and say oh this is this is not what i expected i thought <laughs> yeah. like i had to be recruited in and there's a leader and you know things like that you know but uh, <laughs> the traditional yeah, so, like yeah the traditional <laughs> yeah correct yeah so so we 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 we're not like that we're, we're very different uh, in terms of how we structure the the company itself and the way that we do business or we uh, with our with our financial advisors so I hope that we I think we are moving towards the right in the right direction and you know uh hopefully that uh we are getting better support in terms of conversations with regulators mm-hmm. previously I think they are more focused on the product side but now they are also looking more into the advisory side because I feel oh, like they feel like this needs um more how to say a dialogue with the yeah. stakeholders to make sure that they grow the financial advisory and financial planning uh, as uh, industry in Malaysia in a healthy manner. Uh yes, definitely. And you know, Malaysia I feel like is ready uh is growing faster going faster to the right direction which is really good and also good for your your uh, firm as well because you get to be in the forefront of that change and on that you know positive evolution. So thank you so much Idham and before we finally end the show where can um people contact you if they want to get to know you more maybe a financial planner hears this and wants to be part of your team um how do they contact you? All right. So if you want to reach out to me personally you can get on my LinkedIn uh which is uh, just my name Idham Idris. But if you want to know, find out more about the firm, you can go to our website, www.wealthvantage.com.my. Uh, we're also on Facebook under Wealth Vantage Advisory, Instagram, Twitter, you know, wherever. <laughs> uh, we have a very good uh, branding and marketing team. So, so oh, yes, we, yes. Yeah, we, we have all these things going on, podcasts, uh, uh, live shows, webinars, everything, <laughs> everything is going uh, on here. Your your marketing team is working very hard. That's good. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much, Idham. Um, and be sure to tag all of those, um, all of your social media in the show notes of this podcast. So again, thank you so much for coming in and uh, sharing your um, thoughts and experience with regards to the financial um, advice industry in Australia. Uh, I'm sorry, in Malaysia, where um, you've taken. Uh, the model from from Australia and also for you know sharing sharing everything that you know about starting a, a financial advice company I'm sure that a lot of our listeners will find that very valuable have a good one and more power thank you and it was my pleasure thank you so much Gwen <laughs> <laughs>